Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell, with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello! Normally, this is a show where each week, Ash and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters. But since we're in the midst of a global pandemic, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching here at the house while we're locked down under quarantine. And this is a very special episode. (laughs) Yeah, well, today we're going to be talking about uh, two action movies from the 1990s, both of them directed by John Woo, both of them starring John Travolta. The first is Broken Arrow from 1996, which paired Travolta up with Christian Slater. And the second is 1997's Face Off, where Travolta swaps faces with Nicolas Cage. And I'll just, I'll get this out of the way. These are two of my favorite movies. I saw them in theaters when they first came out, and I've revisited them frequently over the years, ever since. I mean, these are two violent, over-the-top, original, star-driven action spectaculars aimed at adults. And in the 90s, these types of movies were way more common than they are today. But, you know, let's talk about John Woo for a second. I'm so impressed. I mean, he's still making movies today that are that are good. John Woo? Yeah. Well, he's making movies in China now. Yeah. He hasn't made an English language movie since Paycheck back in 2003. So he's... Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> he's still He still is technically making movies. Why did I think that he was one of the directors for Fast and the Furious? You might be thinking of Justin Lin. He, uh, he's he's one of the directors for for Fast and Furious. Okay. Um. Yeah. John Woo. He kind of just got phased out of the Hollywood system. He, you know, after these two movies, Broken Arrow and Face Off, he went. He got into the Mission Impossible franchise. He made Mission Impossible Two. There we go. Yeah. I mean, that I didn't w- realize Mission Impossible Two was so long ago. Though. That was, it's literally twenty years ago. Wow. That was back in two thousand. Yeah. Oh, man, time is just flying. But yeah, John Woo, he, of course, he built his reputation in Hong Kong with movies like The Killer and Hard Boiled, which got him attention from American producers. His first English language movie was Hard Target, uh, which was about homeless people being murdered for sport. And it starred a mulleted Jean-Claude Van Damme. You remember like homeless people getting hunted with arrows and Jean-Claude? Yes, I, I it's you in New did? Orleans. Yes. It's it's not perfect, but it's a pretty fun action movie if you're into it. I thought that was that movie was kind of laughable. I think you fell asleep. Yeah. I, I don't did. think I don't think you finished it. No. I mean the best the best parts are at the end. Yeah. So yeah, that was his first. And then, you know, but by the time with Paycheck in 2003, I think he got just kind of burned out working with major studios. I think Mission Impossible 2 was a difficult experience for him. That movie got compromised in some form. It's not a terrible movie, but it's arguably the worst of the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Uh, And you would think a John Woo Mission Impossible movie would be the best, like hands down. So yeah, something went wrong there. And I think he yearned for the creative control he had back in China where he started. Uh, But again, these two movies, Broken Arrow and Face Off, I think they were his most successful attempts at translating his brand of action for an American audience. Yeah. So, well, but I think that's why a lot of directors now are choosing, you know, Netflix and, you know, all of these to make their projects because they have creative control. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine John Woo making a, a superhero movie. Yeah. That would be a tough fit. I yeah. mean, just the Mission Impossible franchise was a tough fit for him. Um, and so let's let's talk about Broken Arrow. The IMDb plot summary reads, Terrorists steal nuclear warheads from the U.S. military but don't count on a pilot and park ranger spoiling their plans. This movie, it has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
which is not not great. Not yeah, not 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 the best. It made uh, about seventy million back in nineteen ninety six. So even though critics didn't adore it, audience showed up and made it a solid enough hit. Yeah. Uh, although I feel like this is a movie that's faded somewhat from like cultural memory. Um, I've got some thoughts. I mean, yeah, people already know how I feel. I love both of these movies. What um, had, had you seen Broken Arrow before? I had not, so I came into this like completely blind. It's a way to do it. And you know, maybe if I saw it back in the nineties or you know two thousands or you know whatever, maybe nineteen ninety six February. I remember it. Oh my goodness! The glory days. Thirteen-year-old <laughs> boy. Oh, but, take I me mean, back. I don't think John Woo knows how to cast females. Samantha Mathis. Yeah, she plays the park ranger. Yeah, I don't think okay. she was a good fit. Okay. For this role, I mean, maybe I just saw her as Daisy in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> that <laughs> could have been skewed. My that could have been tainting it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, who would you have cast in that role? Who who would have been better? At the, I guess like Sandra Bullock. She's sort of like a, a like a poor man Sandra Bullock in this. <laughs> I mean, it's from the writer of Speed, Graham Yost. I don't know. I guess the person that comes to mind would be Terry Hatcher. Okay. Like in her prime. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I think there's a number of yeah. actresses who would be capable of pulling this role off. It's not that hard of a role. I mean, there's some like physicality required. I mean, she definitely gets into the action. At one point, she like chucks a hammer in the air. Yeah. And just uh, knocks a man dead. Yeah. <laughs> square in the forehead. You know, this <laughs> this movie was... I mean, John Travolta was over the top. Whew, he's having He fun. was having a good time. In both of these movies. Oh phase my up, God, he's they, having a good well, time. I, I think, like, the characters are, are similar... Um, just a psycho terrorist. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Over the top terrorist. Um, well, let's yeah, I guess let's uh, just set the stage. You know, he and Christian Slater they do test runs for stealth bombers, and they do it with live nukes. Yes, they do. And they're doing uh, a test run over the Utah desert, and this is when Travolta. We get like a big close up of his eyes, kind of narrowing, <laughs> so you know he's up to no good, and then. <laughs> He, um, yeah, he he hijacks the nukes. He sort of uh, like punches Christian Slater out of the cockpit. Yeah, and the nukes drop, and yeah, he's sort of heading up this this group that's going to hijack them and then ransom them for two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> ransom them back to the the U.S. military. And it, it's two nukes, right? Yes, it's two nukes that There's get dropped. There's two of them. Yeah. And, uh, yes, and so Christian Slater, he's punched out of the cockpit, and he sort of parachutes down. There's some rough special effects going yeah, on here. Yeah, I mean... For sure. Yeah, it's mid-90s. Not great effects. They're doing their best. It's passable. We get through it. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, pretty much all of it is, like, you know, broad daylight, like Utah landscapes, all practical the, the, action. Yeah, it, it gets It gets a lot better. really pretty. I will say the, the yeah. location director did a great job finding that place. It's in. It's a unique setting yeah. for this type of action movie. Yeah, they, they make use of a unique location. And yeah, so that when Christian Slater wakes up, he's confronted by this park ranger played by Samantha Mathis. Yeah. And they just, they kind of have like a flirty chemistry going for the, the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's... It's kind of dumb. It really kind of is. I mean, why put that romantic notion in there, I guess? I would I would argue 
as dumb and contrived as is, it's kind of a necessary spice in this movie. Otherwise, it really is just dudes firing off weapons at each other. <laughs> she brings... She brings uh, something else to the mix. Okay, I'll agree with that. I would argue, without her, it's not really a great date movie. It's really just a movie for dudes. With her and the flirty chemistry with her and Christian Slater, that makes it a decent date movie. That makes it a movie guys and girls can watch together, or or whoever. Yeah, I don't think it's for the ladies. Okay. So you just you you were not you were not feeling this. I was not feeling this movie. I did what just, what killed it for you? I think the over top over the top acting on <laughs> John Travolta's side as well as what's her name? Sam- Daisy. Samantha Mathis. Samantha Mathis. <laughs> Princess, Princess Daisy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christian Slater was probably the best thing in okay. this movie, I thought. I, he's a solid action lead. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is prime Christian Slater time. Yeah. This is yeah mid nineties. Um, yeah, he's a very solid, like physically capable lead. I mean, he's not he's not going over the top like Travolta is. I I would I argue the plot was a little far fetched. Well, it, I, I mean, mean, it's certainly far fetched. Stealing two nukes on American soil and then trying to get the U.S. government to buy them back, <laughs> and then blowing one off in a mine. Like, I just... <laughs> it's like, what's the plan here? After a while, it becomes clear, like, he's he doesn't really have a plan anymore. He is just a crazy person. <laughs> and, well, and there's an ex- he, but that's his character. It's all about plans and, you know, things like if it if his plan A falls through, he's got a plan C, a B, C, D, and E, F. But they make it clear by the end, he's he's just crazy. Christian Slater even says, he's like, you've lost your mind, Dick. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, ain't it cool? <laughs> there's just... There's a lot of ridiculous ridiculousness in the I ridiculous mean it's a central nineties movie, I think. I mean, mm. I will say that it was an original script. It was something that From the writer of Speed. That had a decent budget to get done yeah, for back sure. back in the nineties. Yeah, it's a big budget film. And I, I just I feel like that was good. And that's it. That's where it stops. <laughs> Did any of the action work for you? The action was fine. It was just, you know, when you have the stuntmen flying through the air and they're clearly not who, you know, the lead characters are. It's a little more noticeable in Face Off. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, we'll get into that in Face Off. In Face Off, literally, you can see wires on people's backs (laughs) pulling them. I just I, I didn't see that. I have to go back and and look. I've I've seen it off. a bunch, yeah. And I yeah, there's there's a scene early on where a guy comes in and he shoots him with a shotgun. And he goes flying back, and there's a clear wire pulling him back. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, just some of the action. There's like three major action scenes. The first one is like a Humvee chase. He and Samantha Mathis they go after John Travolta's guys in like a Humvee caravan. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of like like hanging off the side of a Humvee, like commandeering a Humvee, running people <laughs> over. I think she tosses like a, a gun in midair <laughs> and he yeah, grabs it and yeah. then like leaps onto the Humvee. It's like they just happen to have that like I've been working together for 20 years. Type sure. They have, a, they have a good camaraderie already. And the, just... scene, the scene ends with him like strapping a flare to a gasoline can <laughs> and chucking it into a Humvee and it explodes and it's pretty great. 
I mean, that's a, a pretty great payoff to this action scene. <laughs> oh, I think my goodness. One thing I appreciated on this rewatch is that each action scene ends uh, like with the most appropriate, explosive, over-the-top ending that you can. That you can, yeah. And, I mean, that's definitely true at the very end. But then we get to this mine scene. There's a shootout in this mine, and then they set off one of the nukes. And this nuke detonates underground, but, like, the EMP blast sends a helicopter down. Yeah. <laughs> and this helicopter just crashes right in front of John Travolta, and he's like, hot damn, what a rush. <laughs> I said, hot damn, what a rush. <laughs> it's... And that's a great, that's another great payoff to that oh action scene. Oh my it's, god. I think there's at least four helicopters that get just taken down just, into like an exploding ball of flames. And then, and then we get to this this train sequence, right? And the payoff to that, Travolta gets impaled by a, a nuclear warhead. Yeah. And shot out the back of a train into like a, a pile of exploding barrels. That's clearly not John Travolta. <laughs> His dummy gets flown out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and this is happening while two trains are colliding into one another. Yeah. It's, again, that's a, a spectacular payoff for that action scene. And so that's something that this movie does right. I mean, it keeps upping the stakes with the action, and each action scene has a, a, a clear crescendo point and payoff. And so if you're an action fan, uh, I would imagine you're going to eat this up. Even if it is a little dumb and a little cliched. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is like a 20-minute set piece at the end, all set on a moving train with no green screen. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. The stunt work is off the chain. I mean, you don't see this kind of stunt work anymore. You, you really don't. Outside of like a Mad Max movie I mean, or something. It's really not allowed. I, I mean, you know, the insurance is probably like ridiculously expensive. I mean, green screens have have made it easier for filmmakers to do this spectacular action with like a shorthand. It's sort of, it's kind of like a, like a cheat code <laughs> yeah. without actually like going on location and doing it practically. Um, you can kind of just render it in, in a computer, you know, that that's sort of where we're at now. I have a, a big appreciation for this kind of just over the top practical action where we really are dropping helicopters. We're staging fights on trains. I mean, Howie Long is in this. Howie Long is pretty fun in this, I think. His death, he gets kicked through the side of the train while it's going over a ravine, and he goes flying out the side. Oh, yeah. You remember that yeah. death, right? Yeah. Again, incredible stunt work, incredible <laughs> photography. That's, I mean, that's what this movie is all about. Just stunt work, action, photography, over-the-top <laughs> over acting. And I I love it. And I, we also haven't talked about the score. Hans Zimmer does the music yeah, here. Yeah, the score is really good. It's a pretty awesome score. It's yeah. got, it's like Hans Zimmer channeling Ennio Morricone score, like a spaghetti western type of vibe, but with Hans Zimmer like action percussion going on. It's great. I this rewatch gave me a new appreciation for that. And I disagree with you about Samantha Mathis. I do. I think she does solid work here. She's doing the best with what she's given. Where Her lines she, aren't great. Where did she go in life? <laughs> Why did she disappear? Where did she go in life? Yeah, she disappeared. I mean, looking at her IMDb, she's still working steady. She's got you know, a mix of TV. I mean, she's been on Law & Order. I'm sure you've seen her on Law & Order. I mean, everybody's been on Law & Order. Right? I mean, we know people that have been on Law & Order. She's played different characters on Law & Order, it looks like. <laughs> a lot of them do. 
Like, yeah. like they'll come back and be someone else. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, she's working. I mean, just yeah. I mean, uh, more under the radar stuff, I guess. So yeah, and at the, the very end, you know, after Travolta he gets launched out with a nuke, <laughs> impaled with a nuke. It ends a pretty cheesy exchange. She's like, you know, you're still under arrest. Oh my god, yeah. It's like you're gonna have to take me in then, yeah. and then that's it. And then, like the camera's on, just like their hands, like holding each other. Oh my god, it's I just, pretty great. I like. I mean, it's it's so cheesy, but it's so <sighs> great. The movie leans into its cheese. It does lean into the It's cheese. not ashamed of the cheese. It plays into it. And for me, that just that makes it like an unabashed guilty pleasure, if, if you want to call it that. Goodness. For me, it's just, it's just a pleasure. I love it. This is an A for me. What would you give this? I would give it a B minus. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan, but I understood, you know, the genius that was this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's the action. The yeah. geniusness is is the action. Yeah, and I understand it, but you know, Travolta didn't work for you. Did not. I'm more of a story person. I mean, I, the action's great. Action is for me is like the sprinkles on top of the ice cream. Sure, I think with John want, Woo, it is the ice cream. I want it's the actual yeah, ice cream. <laughs> I want the story. I want to be like in it, like the Mission Impossible movies. I'm in it. I love it. Jason Bourne. I'm in it. Like yeah. Those are my kind of those movies, yeah. packed movies. Sure. Yeah, those movies are m- more densely plotted. Yeah. Yes. I-, I guess I-, I appreciate plot simplicity. Like, you can connect the dots. There's not, like, all these different threads to untangle. This movie's pretty straightforward, as is Face Off. Yeah, I mean, they reveal John Travolta at the very beginning. Sure. Yeah, why even... Why delay it? Let's get right to yeah. it. Let's have some fun. Let's, <laughs> let's blow some shit up. Take down some choppers. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I guess if, for me, it would have been a lot more suspenseful if maybe he was kind of behind the radar a little bit and like, and then he was revealed to be the bad guy at the end. I like, I like, it, I like it as is. This movie's, uh, the, you know, this movie's doing its own thing. And it, it allows Travolta just play that over-the-top villain I right mean, off the bat. John Travolta is definitely... I mean, he's played some interesting characters. This is a different Travolta than the man we know today. <laughs> this is a confident Travolta. I yeah. mean, this is, a, this is a movie star who's very confident and charismatic and can carry a movie. Uh, that's not... That's not who we have today. That's not, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, it, you know, it happens. But this... Yeah, I mean, this is Travolta in his prime, and this was this was Travolta's like comeback phase because he was, you know, he he kind of hit in like the seventies and early eighties, and then he kind of like flamed out until Pulp Fiction brought him back, and so this is like in the afterglow of Pulp Fiction. He must have got paid a pretty penny though, for I'll sure. Well, you. he was yeah, like, post Pulp Fiction, he was getting twenty million yeah. a movie. He was top. <laughs> he was kicking it for uh, for a while during the nineties. And he was he was fun to watch. It was fun to watch his resurgence. But um, okay, so yeah, is this? I think this is a good date movie. Well, I I don't. I mean, this is a movie for the ladies to just placate their men. Ouch. And I appreciate you placating me because yeah. I had a I had a blast revisiting this. <laughs> I, I want to rewatch it again. <laughs> so much fun. Okay, so yeah, not a good date movie. This uh, dudes watch this on your own. Yeah, no no girls allowed. I mean, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, okay, so why don't we take a, a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> okay. All righty, we're back, and we're going to talk about Face Off. The IMDb plot summary reads, In order to foil a terrorist plot, an FBI agent undergoes facial transplant surgery and assumes the identity of a criminal mastermind who murdered his only son. The plan turns sour when the criminal wakes up prematurely and seeks revenge. This movie has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a big step up yep. from Broken Arrow. Yep. That's a big old leap. And worldwide, it made close to $250 million off an $80 million budget back in the summer of 1997. So this is uh, an even bigger hit than yep. Broken Arrow was. This was, a, this was a big summer movie back, yeah. in, back in the day. I remember when it came out. And yeah, it was Oh my god, I can just imagine little Patrick <sighs> watching this movie. Blew my mind. Are you kidding? Oh my god. I nearly I shat my Im- pants in the theater. I can just imagine your little face. Yeah, this movie it, it opens, it cold opens with a young boy being shot dead off a merry-go-round. Like, oh my god. Like they went there. And dying in his father's arms. <laughs> Dad is played by John Travolta, and the assassin is Nicolas Cage. He's sporting like a 70s porn mustache, and he's sipping a like a Frosty out of a yeah, drink. Yeah, it, it was so weird. <laughs> he's got, and he has like a giant sniper rifle aimed yeah. at a merry-go-round. Yeah. And so, yeah, the young boy, he's collateral damage after the bullet goes through Travolta and into his son. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's an insane scene to start your movie with. You know, and I was talking about story. Like, this movie has story. Yeah. This movie has plot. This movie is awesome. There we go. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So, right after that scene, we're at the Burbank Airport or, like, the Santa Monica Airport where Travolta and his SWAT team, they try to prevent Nicolas Cage from taking off in his private jet. Yeah. And we're still getting through the opening credits while all this is happening. And this is a big action scene. And like Travolta, he's playing, he's driving in a Humvee playing chicken with a jet. He's playing chicken <laughs> with a and he's got airplane. I mean, he's yes. got like helicopters behind him and like and a whole fleet of cars. Like, I mean, this is a massive scene. And at one point he commandeers a helicopter Yes. And he keeps, like, landing on the plane's wing to keep it from taking off. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> this was nuts. And Travol- and uh, Nicolas Cage, he's inside, and he's basically killing all the pilots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he shoots the pilot in the face, tosses him out. Um, there's an undercover FBI agent on there who... Well, he, yeah, he, that was a little weird. He has a line, yeah, like, like suck my tongue. <laughs> and then, and she then she goes for it. it. Like, she is like, okay. And he, yeah, he shoots her in the back, like right in front of Travolta, and then just tosses her out of a moving airplane. <laughs> and so, yeah, eventually, like, Nicolas Cage, he loses control of this airplane, and it crashes into the airplane hangar. Yes, and one of them, yeah. And this is... And they did, did they do this, like, real? Like, it, that looks, looks, it, it looks looks real. real yeah, this right? doesn't look like a scale model. It looks like they... Yeah. I mean, because it crashes. And, of course, there's, like, oil barrels everywhere. Yeah. It crashes into oil barrels. It's exploding. And, yeah, it looks full scale. It looks real. Like, yeah, I mean, 14-year-old Patrick, like, his jaw's on I, the floor watching this. I think this. I read somewhere... That they could only shoot the plane scene once. Sure. Because they were damaging it with all the cameras that was attached to it. Sure. 
And so yeah, a stunt the stunt that big. Yeah. You got one shot. Yeah, you set all your cameras. You get one shot, and you and hope then you, get you take it. it for what it is. Yeah. And then this leads into a big old shootout right here in the airplane hangar, and Nicholas Cage. He gets like kicked in front of a jet engine. Yeah, and then he goes back, and then like, I- I'm so surprised that that jet engine didn't like melt his skin off. Sure, yeah, like that he wasn't burned. Like, because they, I mean, obviously, because they switch faces. Because yeah, it looked like there was some heat coming out of there. It's not probable that it would just launch him clean down yeah. like a hallway. <laughs> nah, but that's what happens. And yeah, he gets like banged against a grate, and he- he's unconscious. So, yeah, that sets up, like, there's this bomb plot uh, we, we establish. Yes. <laughs> we establish yeah. that he's, he's planted a bomb at, like, the L.A. Convention Center. And this is another ridiculous scene where he's dressed as a priest. Yeah, to and get he's in. dancing yeah. like James oh Brown. God. <laughs> it's like, this is how he's introduced. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he went wonderful. there, too. This, I mean, this is not, like, subtle super nuanced acting no. <laughs> that either of them are doing. I mean, they're chowing down on a big ham sandwich that they're sharing. <laughs> they're yeah. both sharing a big ham sandwich. And it's, This is a great actor showpiece. I think so, yeah. Opinion. Yeah, it's... If you can roll with how over-the-top so much of it is, I, I think I think they are doing great work yeah. uh, mimicking each other. There's really good character work that both of them uh, kind of discovered together in, in prepping for this movie. Well, they only spent two weeks. I think it was put together pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the cast, I think it, they kept kind of cycling through different pairings and then they landed on these two. You know, Travolta, he had, you know, a friendship with John Woo because of Broken Arrow, which yeah. they had just made. So that kind of greased the wheels for that. And it, pairing him with another kind of over the top actor like Nicolas Cage, it just, it turns out to just be like lightning in a bottle and i've heard recently like you know paramount they they want to remake this no oh, god no please it's oh that'll be disappointing if they do that <laughs> I, yeah we don't we don't need a remake of face off we need more john woo movies yeah we don't need did. another get another, another like original yeah get john woo you know back me on the camera and give him some money but what makes this movie work is just this particular talent in front of the camera, behind the camera. Yeah. At this particular moment in time, w- with this ridiculous script, they just they made it work. And like, you can't just assign this to like some other creative team and expect the same results. No, I just I, I feel very distinct spices in this brew. <laughs> That's making it work. <laughs> It's, there's a lot of different spices. It's not, I mean, there's, you know, there's the action element. There's the tragedy element. There's a lot of comedy. Yeah. The movie is, it's given you all of it. So I think you had seen this before. I'd shown this to you before, but you didn't have a, a strong memory of it. I didn't have a strong memory of it. But, you know, honestly, I don't even remember really even seeing it before. I, I knew the premise of it. Right. So this was mostly um, kind of new to you. Yeah. That's I mean, good. this wasn't. I'm jealous. Like. A movie that I would have normally picked out for myself. I mean, I I, I love the movie. I mean, I think we were touching base on this at uh, on the Broken Arrow review, but the only thing that I had was the the stunt guys. They were so obviously not Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. These stunt guys are getting a lot of screen time in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> these stunt guys are working overtime in this movie. 
And that is what it is. I mean, we're watching this in HD, so you, you can pause it, you can look at it, yeah, be like, that's like, clearly not yeah. Travolta or Cage. But I think the movie's edited well enough, like, you can kind of, like, squint your eyes and it not bother you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's edited it, well it enough. It doesn't matter, I guess, at yeah. the end of the day. This was the a thing in the 90s. Seems. Good. I mean, the plot was good. I liked the story. It was original. It was definitely interesting. Switching faces and, I mean, obviously not medically possible. Well, definitely not in the span of time that this movie is dealing with. Yeah. Because it's literally like Travolta goes in for surgery. And he comes out you know, a new bing, man. Bing, bang, boom. Swapping the face. No bruising. Nothing. And a, an hour later, he's taken the swabs off and there are no scars. <laughs> like, why aren't there any scarring? It's, yeah, the length of time that this movie is suggesting that the surgery could happen is very improbable. But what sells it, I think, are the actors. Because Travolta and Cage are so committed to mimicking one another. I think that's what kind of... Sells it, yeah. What kind of greases it. 100%. As a movie, you can kind of go with it in large part thanks to them. But there is a, a cool scene where we see like Travolta's face mm-hmm. get lasered off. Yeah. Suctioned off. And like dropped into like a pool of water. <laughs> it's it's a pretty cool scene. I mean, they commit yeah. as much as they can to the ridiculous science. I, I think John Woo is probably one of the driving forces pushing this uh, into a, like a more emotional territory. Yeah. And yeah, the movie, it fully explores the emotional lives of these characters and the loss that this family is dealing with. I mean, when the movie kind of starts, I mean, there there's a heavy loss kind of hanging over this family. And, like, she never sees her husband. He's always chasing this psycho terrorist (laughs) who murdered his son. And, yeah, their daughter, he has kind of a a frayed relationship with. And, yeah, the movie movie explores uh, both sides. There's a scene kind of late into the movie where it's Nicolas Cage as Sean Archer uh, seeing Gina Gershon's son. Yeah. And it kind of, like, overwhelms him. Because yeah. he like he's tripping on drugs and he kind of is imagining that it's Michael. That it's Michael, yeah. And there's another scene where Travolta as Caster Troy goes to the gravesite of Michael. It's like their their monthly ritual or yearly ritual. Oh, it was his birthday. The birthday, yeah. Their yearly ritual on his birthday, and you can just see like the disdain on Travolta's yeah, face being there. Like, like, oh, like this why is am I a waste here? Of time. <laughs> I mean, definitely a heartless yeah, bastard. Yeah, like, I don't want to think about this sort yeah. of deal. <laughs> like, but I also don't think Castor knew that Adam was his son. True. Because she, she revealed intru- that she, she introduced it, yeah, uh, in that scene to, yeah. to Sean Archer. And so, yeah, there's a lot of just dramatic irony going on after that face-swapping you know, Castor Troy, as John Travolta, you know, he kind of insinuates himself into the home life. Yeah. He sleeps with the Jonelle. Yeah. <laughs> Creepily. Oh, she was not cast very well. <laughs> Joan Allen. Yeah. Joan Allen is um, a great actress. Yeah. I and like And she's her. good. She's very good in this. But it's, yeah, it's a weird piece of casting because... She's a major object of desire for both of these men. Yeah. And it's played by Joan Allen. <laughs> and and uh, if you don't know her, she is the mom on um, The Notebook. Right. 
And we have the director of The Notebook in this movie, Nick Cassavetes. Yeah. He's playing uh, like a drug dealer, one of Nicolas Cage's <laughs> Minion. Oh, my God. No. Um, so I'm going to kind of skip over to a, a really cool scene. Well, I thought it was cool. It was a little boy who had his, they, the big shootout was getting ready to happen at Castor Troy's apartment. Yeah. And they put headphones on this little boy, and it was somewhere over the rainbow, mm-hmm. which was Olivia Newton-John, by the way. It was who, her her version of it? It was her version there you of go. it. You know. Your bringing, favorite. Grace. Bring, exactly. <laughs> but interesting fact is John Woo, the studio didn't want him to put that scene in there, and he paid for it out of his own money. Nice. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's the highlight yeah. of that scene, yeah. for sure. Uh, because you're you're witnessing the carnage from this child's point of view, but the soundtrack is playing somewhere over the rainbow. I yeah. mean, it's a great juxtaposition. And I mean, again, that's John Woo just trying to ground the chaos in some sort of human point of view and trying to bring elements of beauty and levity to scenes of just straight up carnage and sadism. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has a high body count. Each action scene, like the body count increases dramatically. <laughs> Because there's just there there's just such high collateral damage in these shootouts. Everyone is dying except for Travolta and Kate. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also, yeah, a very disturbing scene where, you know, once Castor Troy wakes up without a face, yeah. He gets the scientists and the FBI people who are close to Travolta and he burns them alive. He douses them in gasoline. Well, because he doesn't want anybody to know yeah. what what happened or like who Sean Archer really is. Right. He wants um, to burn all the evidence. Because it's a top secret military mission. Sure. And so, yeah, he gets them to do this surgery and, you know, that has you healed and ready to go within an hour. And then he burns them alive, <laughs> ties them to a chair and burns them. That scene is like tossed off as just like a like a little flashback, yeah. sort of. But it's yeah, it's disturbing, and there's it, the movie has a shockingly high body count for, yeah. for a Hollywood summer movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like it. Like, let's not dial it back. Let's crank it up. Crank it up. There you go. So yeah, there's that penthouse shootout, which is great, and yeah, it sort of culminates with this speedboat chase. Yeah, and we're. I mean, we're exploding docks. We're driving speedboats through yachts. Yes. I'm like, wow. <laughs> we are. I mean, we're sending stunt people flying through the air in slow motion while boats explode behind them. I mean, at one point, Nicolas Cage, he's hanging off the side of a boat. Yeah. Just holding an anchor. <laughs> like surfing on the water with his feet. It it's, was nuts. It's I mean, this is this is why you you go to the movies. <laughs> this, this, this is what it's all about. Oh my god! So yeah, and then the movie literally crescendos with them like hitting like a an anchor like right in the water, sending the boat flying. They they go flying in the air in slow motion, and then they kind of fight it out on shore. But at the end of the day, I mean, the good guy wins. He well, this is it. Yeah, this is the end of the day. His, he you know his wife because she's a doctor realizes you know through their blood type that they weren't the, the same people so right. um she got a hold of fbi and then they got their faces he's got his face back after yeah after this big action scene um yeah some fbi people come in and they call him 
Sean. And he's like, what did you call me? And then he starts crying. <laughs> um, and then I thought what was really cool was at the end, he adopted Castor's son, Adam. Yeah. yeah. And the family is whole. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now now the, the family is complete. And it's, yeah, a really satisfying mm. uh, emotional closure to, yeah. this, to this movie. And, I mean, it does have, you know, the the romance. I mean, it's got a marriage, the good, the bad. And even amongst, um, like, Gina Gershon and Nicolas Cage, I mean, yeah. there's a romance there that finds its own resolve. Yeah. And it seems like by the end, she doesn't, she sort of understands that it's not really Castor Troy in there. Yeah. <laughs> and she's okay with it. <laughs> well, but she laid her life on the line for, yeah. and, and, sa- and saved her. Um, Nicholas Cage as John, Sha- yeah. Sean Archer. Uh, yeah. And that's like a shootout in a church that goes down. I mean, this, this yeah. you get like a Mexican standoff in a church with like doves flying. <laughs> like, wow. It's a John Woo trademark, some white doves flying. Another thing I appreciate watching both of these movies back to back, Broken Arrow and Face Up, is that the action is so acrobatic. Like the actors aren't just like crouching behind, you know, a corner, like firing off guns. Actors are leaping in the air. They yeah. are like spinning, just doing somersaults but on the ground. Somehow they're so good at escaping each other's bullets, whereas everybody else is getting hit in the head. And you know, by by the end, it gets a little ridiculous because yeah. like. You know, when they're on the boat... Like, bad shots. When they're on the boat, like, you know, John Travolta, he just fires off, like, an automatic, and he kills everyone on that yacht. Yeah. Do you remember that? He just, like, fires his gun. Yeah. Everyone dies. But when he aims it at Nicolas Cage, I mean, they can't kill each other, uh, I mean, if if their lives depended on it. No. <laughs> but everyone else just goes down very easily. <laughs> and then just... at the end, it all ends up being a spear to the gut, a spear gun. Oh yeah, he gets like pinned against. He gets pinned against a wall. Yeah, and I, just, I remember like Nicholas Cage screaming, yeah. like "Die!" <laughs> like, in a very Nicholas Cage way, and <laughs> brings so much crazy, intense energy. And we didn't even really talk about um, like in the prison scene, like these this futuristic prison, like this this water. The, this prison well, yeah, that's like it's in a, like, like an oil rig underwater. Oil rig, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he goes and he jumps out and he swims to the ocean. Sure, the yeah. That's just that's a movie magic. <laughs> we just see him drop straight into the ocean. Oh, and then when we see him again, he's not even wet. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, he's oh. But that prison awesome. scene, like the, the prisoners have like magnetic boots that keep them like grounded to the floor. Yeah. And you pointed out like they're the same boots from Super Mario. Yeah. They use- <laughs> <laughs> Thought those boots could go to Oh my goodness. I can't believe we we you know recently just watched Super Mario and this movie and John Woo movies have, you know, a little connection to them. <laughs> Maybe John Woo's a fan of Seriously? Super Mario. Yeah, I think that's I, it. You that's know? what we're, we're there learning. You go. I mean, this yeah, this movie's great. Uh what grade would you give it? I'm good, Renee. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, yes, that's the only appropriate response. And yes, it's a date night movie. Yeah. It's it just interesting. It works so much better for you than, than Broken Arrow. Yes. And that's just, that's the plot. Yeah. The plot worked a lot better for you. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've always considered Face Off the superior movie. It's more ambitious, certainly. Um, but watching them both back to back, I feel like the gap between them isn't, isn't so big. Oh. They're kind of, they're... They make, they make a great double feature. You know, this is Patrick's favorite movie. 
week. I mean, maybe you'll allow me to have my favorite movie. What, week what are we gonna then? watch? Grease and Lord of the Rings. Bite me. <laughs> maybe some center stage. <laughs> Okay. I can save you some time. Not a good date movie. <laughs> so, all right. And that's that's our episode. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast. And you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.